Hello and welcome back to episode 9 of the Double Reel Film Podcast. This is the second reel of our monthly magazine-style podcast for film nerds. Hopefully you've caught up with the first reel, had a brief intermission, and refueled ready to take on this mighty second instalment of Nerdy Film Chat. If you haven't caught the first reel yet, please do go back to your app and download and listen to it so you're up to date with all the features we've covered already this month. These include our New Year's resolutions for the world of film and general roundup, our classic for this month, Train to Busan, our hidden gem, Cross of Iron, the one that got away, which is the Wachowskis and others trying to reboot Conan the Barbarian, and our remake hate watch of 2010's The Karate Kid. Now in Real 2, we bring you our big conversation, where we tackle a weighty topic and give it a fuller, i.e. longer, discussion. This month, we're looking at the recent court case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and its wider ramifications in terms of Hollywood, Me Too, and so-called cancel culture. I should add a warning at the beginning of this podcast, we've been held up on recording by Microsoft Windows and Virgin, and we will be touching on the existence of Rupert Murdoch and his news organisation during this podcast, so this will be a very sweary podcast. All swear words will be used, including some new ones we will probably invent. So that's the preamble. At this point, I'll hand over to my co-host, James Adamson. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. I was very excited to get into this podcast, and I was held up by Richard Branson and his fucking crap Wi-Fi. So, yeah, you've been warned. Um, but yeah, so today we are talking into the Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp uh court case which sort of just came to a not conclusion but almost a conclusion there because it feels like there's going to be a couple more court cases but something that's been drawn out for about four or five years now but everyone now knows that um they've been divorced for a few years and um there's been a lot of media scrutiny particularly from the sun newspaper which can also go and fuck itself um but recently uh johnny depp was taking the sun to court saying you know i don't uh, you know, I disagree with them being allowed to put a headline saying I'm a wife beater, there's no proof, blah, blah, blah. And the son said, fine, we'll take you for what you have. They go to court. The court run, uh, rules in the, uh, the Sun newspaper's fa- uh, favour. And, um, you know, it's now kind of it's now kind of deep into cancel culture for Johnny Depp now because of this ruling, because everyone was kind of, well, not everyone, but people who were interested in the case and the divorce were kind of waiting on this moment that they seemed to think it hinged on. Um but as a result, he's um, you know he's dropped. I think he voluntarily dropped out. He released a statement pretty much a couple hours or a day after it happened, just saying, "Look, um, I'm not I'm not going to be in Fantastic Beasts. He's still got paid a handsome fee for it, but uh, he's been replaced by Mads Mikkelsen, which I think is actually a really good casting." Um, but do we want to yeah. go into like the kind of step by step thing of it? Or do we want? Yeah, to I mean, I, I guess if we summarise it, I think I think what we would summarise for this is that it, it's interesting the the case in that it, it, it's still ongoing, so it's not as cut and dry to say the Weinstein case in that he's been found guilty of pretty much all the things that he was accused of, whereas in this court case, there's been one court case there's, which he's appealing, and there's going to be more, but the content of the court case. Um, found in favour of the son for enough of the things he was accused of to say that they hadn't liabled him. I, I think it was one of those ones where yeah. you couldn't conclude everything, but they found in, in the son's favour. So it, it's kind of a, a not as up in the air as a number of other allegations where people have been accused and nothing's actually happened in terms of proving or disproving it. Um, but it is kind of up in the air, and it, and it is one of those ones where you'd say, well, that there is a spectrum of, of wrongdoing he sits on this spectrum. These are the consequences. Where does this sit in the, in the consequence of, of, of cancel culture? So in the service of that, 
I would say let's see if we can just summarize a little bit of what the, the court case said happened between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and what we can kind of what we can kind of glean from that because no one really you know apart from the people who were there no one can be 100% certain but I think we can probably say based on the public record here's what he's broadly been accused of and here here are the the consequences for him in terms of what we you know the so-called cancel culture and then kind of step off into the the cancel culture discussion from there does that make sense yeah okay so um basically they met um 2009 or something like that when they were filming um an adaptation of johnny depp's friend hunter s thompson's novel the the rum diary and they met yeah that's right and then they started living together around 2012 um so what what i find strange is is that I'm. I, I. There are only two people in the world that know what happened there, and one of them is not the fucking Sun newspaper. But um, it's it's Amber Heard and Johnny Depp that know what happened. But in 2013, it's alleged that Depp was physically violent to Heard for the first time. Apparently, he slapped her in the face because um, she uh, Amber Heard made a few jokes about a tattoo that Johnny Depp has for Renona uh, Winona Ryder, who he was together with back in the early 90s. Um. So this is back in 2013. They then go on to marry in 2015. So two years after, he's alleged to have slapped her in the face. So, you know, it must be a really strong relationship. Um, so they marry in February 2015, around March the 3rd to the 5th. Um, a three-day trip to Australia has been described as heard taken hostage by Johnny Depp because he was physically and verbally abusive while drinking heavily and taking drugs. Uh Depp denied the allegations and said Heard lost her temper after a conversation about a post-nuptial agreement. But the judge found Depp smashed up the Australian bolt hole. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what that is, but um, well, it's wherever they were staying. It's okay. one of those. It's one of those phrases for a place to stay that only ever gets used in the newspapers. Okay. Um, so apparently, he sustained. Uh, Heard was subjected to sustained and multiple assaults. Um. Then in April 21st, this is when they had the whole thing with the dogs being quarantined, blah, blah, blah. That was Remember that? That was strange. And that was we, surreal. The whole the thing video, was weird. The video, Johnny Depp does look like he's completely spaced out, is not. Um, and then 2016, pretty much a year after the marriage, uh, after the marriage, sorry, they separate. Um, her claims after an incident that their LA penthouse, which Depp allegedly became very angry and destroyed property with a bottle of champagne. Destroyed property with one bottle of champagne, sorry. Um, I don't want to seem biased, but I do lean in one person's direction here, although they're not, the, neither of them paint themselves very well in this situation. Yeah. Um, the divorce goes through, her donates her five and a half million settlement to charity, um, formally divorced in 2017, and then 2018, April, the column by the Sun's executive editor, Dan Wooten, is published online. Um, just basically the headline, Gone Potty, How Can J.K. Rowling Be Genuinely Happy Casting Wife Beater Johnny Depp in the new Fantastic Beasts film? Uh, and then asked Mr. Wooten, who is a cunt, by the way, asked if Harry Potter author had been blinded by a personal friendship. Um, the piece also quoted two alleged victims of disgraced film producer Harvey Weinstein, which Depp said was included to finish his career. See, when I said Dan Wooten was a cunt, um, he's basically thrown in two alleged victims um, from Harvey Weinstein in the same article, which basically tried to conflate Johnny Depp with having... Yeah, and one of the things we'll have to address in our discussion of cancel culture is that we will try and be fair and make a distinction between people who have been victims of 
various forms of harassment, abuse, and assaults themselves, uh, and or are very unhappy on behalf of others who have, um, and the way the media portrays this for their own agenda, because those are two different things, and I think it's only fair to treat them, uh, you know, each one in and of itself in the way that it approaches this. Otherwise, you'll be accusing some people of things, you know, if you see what I mean. But we will be looking at how the media discusses this as one of those discussion points. And okay, so then there's a, there's heaps of legal cases against the Washington Post, um, the Sun, um, then in the High Court in London. This is in February 2020. Um, so NGN, that's the some, something network, News Global Network, or something like that. That's uh, Rupert Murdoch's horrible, horrible conglomerate. Um, his barrister reads out text from Johnny Depp to actor Paul Bethany in which Johnny Depp wrote, let's burn Amber, let's drown her before we burn her. I will fuck I will fuck her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she's dead. And then the trial's delayed because of COVID. Um, and then the NGN's lawyers claim Mr. Depp wants to delay the trial because he's a coward and because he knows he's going to lose, which was denied by Depp's legal team. Um... And then Mr. Justice Nicol rules parts of Heard's evidence uh, relating to allegations of sexual violence will be heard in private. Um, the court gives permission for Depp's former partners, Vanessa Paradi and Winona Ryder, who both say Depp was never violent to them to give evidence. Heard's per- former personal assistant, Kate James, is also permitted to give evidence. Fucking hell, this goes on for a bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So there's just there's things that uh, NGN accused Depp of trying to buy drugs in Australia and withhold text messages that show him trying to obtain MDMA and other narcotics. Um, I, I mean, what usually happens in these cases is that the, the legal teams will sling a lot of mud in both directions. And one thing that's definitely happened, I think, is that both sides have hired publicists. And I say sides, I mean, news group are maybe more than one side here because there's Amber Heard's side, Johnny Depp's side, and then the media report itself. But all sides have been slinging as much mud as possible to make the other side look bad, which is part of the adversarial nature of these of these cases, right? Um I mean, where we got to at the end of it, if if, if I remember correctly, is that the, the court found that there was evidence that Johnny Depp had, um, in, in his view, committed, um, uh, you know, acts that would be described as domestic violence on Amber Heard, and no, the court. Sorry, sorry. Why, why don't I, why don't I let you kind of summarise where you think? Yeah, it went sorry. To? So basically, what what's What's going on with this case is that basically everything's been kind of geared towards making Johnny Depp look like an arsehole. Johnny Depp has been an arsehole in this marriage and relationship. You know, sending texts like that, even if they're seen jokingly, taken out of context, looks a bit rough. He um, he was drinking a lot. He was on drugs and things like that. And it, I, whether we know it's true or not, I don't think this is a very, I don't think there's a particularly healthy relationship. So yeah. the court has found that there is some, you know, there's some weight in the claims that the son have of saying that he's a he's a you know a wife beater well i hate the son if that's been proven in a court of law then that we can't dispute it and johnny depp has got to look at himself for being like that in a relationship but johnny depp's former personal assistant claimed that amber amber heard was just as bad and claimed that amber heard was the abuser things like severing uh his finger with um 
with like a with like a smash bottle or something like that. And there's a video of him going to a hospital dressed as a Jack Sparrow a couple of days later, and he's got a bandage on his finger. And one of the kids asked Johnny Depp, well, as Captain Jack Sparrow, would you do it with your finger? And he just kind of plays it off like, oh, I was really hungry, so I just ate it. But it's in, in reality, he's getting his finger severed off by his wife. Um, there's videos of Amber Heard saying, I'm going to have to give you, like it's like voicemail recordings or like Skype recordings or something like that. I don't know how the audio has come to pass, but Johnny Depp sounds yeah. out of his fucking nut. And Amber Heard says, I'm going to have to give you his annex. I'm going to have to give you his annex to make him more agreeable because they're having an argument. He's not agreeing with her. He's I think he's already on booze and stuff like that. She's giving him his annex so she can manipulate him to do what she wants. But the problem is, I don't know if you knew about that. Because I don't no, think... No, I'm not showing you all the details, no. Nobody knows about that because everything's been geared towards Johnny Depp being a fucking arsehole and Amber Heard is just as bad. She's a fucking bitch. She's a fucking cunt. I really don't like this woman. And I think the problem with this relationship is like it's making it out like it's the, it's Johnny Depp's fault. It's the... It's it's his reason the relationship ended. He was domestically abusing Amber Heard. She's not been, you know... She's not done anything wrong. She's a, she's a victim of all this. And to be honest, this just sounds like a really, really, really toxic relationship. Um, and... Yeah, so the, 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 the court and the judge, the court and the judge have got a very narrow, defined role here, which is, I guess, part of the problem because the court is asked to say whether 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 it's libelous to say Johnny Depp hit his wife, um, and I, I, obviously there is enough indication of Johnny Depp uh, at the very least um, uh, being out of control and in engaging in destructive behaviour and and so on, which indicates there's enough evidence that he. Um, uh, hit Amber Heard in some context or other um, to say, well, you can't, you can't accuse the son of libel. Find them, you know, find them, you know, you know legally liable for that, and 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 sue them for damages. Um, what what that court case doesn't say is, um, we will now go and enter into what the what society generally means by a wife beater. Yeah, which is, you know, I think there is an association around that term that it's someone who is very much the aggressor, very much the dominant person in a relationship who is, you know, coercing, controlling, dominating, harming, hurting, and damaging in all sorts of ways as part of a pattern of behavior. But that's not the court's job. That's not the court's job. The court's job is not to say, oh, I think the son was a bit intemperate in its language because, you know, every court case, you know, every courtroom in the world could be full 365 days a year talking about the kind of language that the tabloids use yeah so i think the court has just said i you know we've been asked to say is there evidence that johnny depp hit amber heard and the answer is there is now you go away and and and, and whatever whatever you're going to do next is your problem we've looked at this on on the basis of a very narrow um narrow case so if we're looking to look outside that i think we would probably want to include things like yeah other partners of Johnny Depp have said that he wasn't at all like that. Um, there is not really as, that much from what I read to show there was that pattern of coercive control. Um, and and quite frankly, when, when people used to be married and have got divorced under acrimonious circumstances and are suing each other, they're going to call each other everything under the sun. And that's you know, and I think that you know, there's a difference between that and and what things would look like overall. So. I think what I took away from it was Johnny Depp needs to fucking sort himself out. And Johnny Depp acted, you know, in a way which no one can justify. Yeah. And you would say Johnny Depp, he's a 50 odd year old man with access to a private jet and six houses. He did have the option to get on a plane. Yeah. And, 
and and take himself a thousand miles away from this relationship. And he didn't because I think he was in a mess. He was out of control, whatever is going on. Um, and I think there's a difference between that and painting him as someone who from day one was, um, you know, uh, dominating and, and, and acting in a, in, a, in a wholly abusive way 24 hours a day towards a completely blameless person, which is not to say that it's ever justified to hit anyone. But I think if you're going to look at what happens next, um, you would probably say, look, court case is what it is. If if Johnny Depp is still denying that he did anything, and I'm, I, I think his problem on that is that he's probably doing that solely because if he is labelled forever as some sort of you know domestic violence you know perpetrator, I think he's mostly he's partly worried that that's well. I think he's worried about two things: one, he's being portrayed as worse than he is, and two he can see his whole career going down the drain if that sticks in the way that it's been characterized. Do you know what I mean? And I think on a more level playing field, you would probably be calling for Johnny Depp to say, okay, Johnny, firstly, you need to acknowledge that if you did hit Amber Heard, you've just got to you know hold your hands up to that, acknowledge that's wrong, and, and, and address that behavior and address what's clearly wrong with you in your life. And I don't see him doing that. At the same time, I think, as, you know, I think there is a difference between him and the kind of abusive partner who... When, when a woman turns up at a shelter because she's been treated a certain way, you're calling the police and saying, look, if this carries on, she's going to die. And I think when you say wife beater, I think there's a long spectrum there that um, just using that word probably is is not helpful in determining quite how bad things are in their relationship, if you see what I mean. No, yeah, I, com- I completely agree. It's Like I said, it, this was a toxic relationship that obviously wasn't working. And if you've ever been in a toxic relationship, it's it just brings out the worst in the other person. They, they, they might have been in madly in love at the start of it, but things have just kind of unraveled and things have become unhealthy and like impossible towards the end of the relationship. And I don't, I think to bracket him in the same bracket as someone who is a you know a wife beater, like for example, bracket him in with someone like Chris Brown, who beat Rihanna to a fucking pulp, and you know she was absolutely she was you know bruised and bloody she was you know she had, i think she had like a broken jaw or something like that i don't think johnny depp is that type of person that doesn't make the stuff he did okay um if it if it is true because he's he's saying it's all bullshit but i think at this point i think what people need to realize is this, this is this is just a toxic relationship and these things happen and that doesn't make the way they acted okay but this whole kind of witch hunt of johnny depp as a wife beater and amber heard basically quietly mousing her way through without any of the things she did being, you know, taken seriously or, you know, brought to light is fucking disgusting. It's, and I think that's part of the cancel yeah. culture because I think that a lot of cancel culture, while there's, when we get into it, I think cancel culture is almost entirely geared towards, towards men. And that, that's not to say that there haven't been men who have done bad things who need to be held accountable for their actions. But, you know, it, it's interesting to see that when a woman does those types of things, like Amber Heard did, like drugging her husband and, you know, severing his finger, it's she's not held accountable for it but johnny depp who does th- similar things in a relationship you know has been alleged to hit amber heard hit over the phone um be aggressive and violent drunkenly you know you know drunkenly aggressive those kind of things it's oh fuck me johnny depp's a wife beer but amber, amber heard does the exact same things and it's it's not mentioned and that's what fucking annoys me because yeah. we're in an, in an era where we're trying to make equality and everything equal that's not equal There's two things. I mean, one one aspect of it is is that 
I mean, I, look, I understand what you're saying, and it, it, it's one of those things, though. That someone did a video that showed, you know, a man standing over a woman. It was two actors, and the man standing, like they're acting like a couple, and the man standing over the woman screaming and waving his arms and all of that kind of thing and and kind of grabbing her by the shoulder and shaking her. And when, when passers-by see that, they walk over and and say, are you all right? You know, what's going on here? And, and they, 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 you know, some of them even confront the man for what he's doing, which quite frankly is quite right. If you think that's what's happening, you should confront it. But then they oh, reversed the roles and showed a woman doing the same thing to a man and people kind of laughed it off or ignored it. Oh. And the first thing I want to not do here is remotely step anywhere into the territory of, these kind of men's rights fucking things where they want to create a false equivalence because I think we're going to use the C word a lot on this podcast, but those people are cunts because what they're doing is they are just using whatever happens next or any aspect of life becoming even slightly better for women as, as, a, an, as an opportunity to become evil misogynist cunts like that Zargon of Akkad or whatever his fucking name is who became a UKIP candidate and people like that. And we're not taking their side at all. Um, the, I, th- I think the challenge that you've got with this is any case like this that involves a high-profile person is A, going to be reported on by the tabloids and everything else, the, f- the fake sanctimony that they throw in. And secondly, because we know for a fact that over many decades, people have got away with this sort of thing. Sean Connery, who we you know we, we recognize as a massive film star in a previous podcast, um, had a, a reputation here and there for he, he admits to have slapped a woman or saying it's okay to slap a woman. He wore it like something a badge of honor. That's what he did. He wore it like a badge of honor. He said, and, yeah. and there was something about the era in which he did it or the fact that it was decades ago or that was how things were then that he kind of got a free pass for it. And I think the problem you have now is that so many men have got a free pass for things in the background and people are saying, time's up. We've had enough. We're not going to allow that to happen anymore. And I think we probably need to make a distinction that says fighting back against that culture of men and especially powerful men getting away with whatever they whatever they feel like doing, that has to stop and we have to fight that. Completely agree. I think the issue you've got for someone like Johnny Depp and anyone else is that each case is still an individual case. Yeah. And not, you know, it, 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 it it's, it's absolutely, you know, understandable that people want to feel better and it's very easy to kind of be seduced by that, to kind of throw everyone on a big bonfire to feel better for five minutes without having actually solved anything and possibly treating one or two people unjustly. And I think in terms of cancel culture, what we would say is, Say Johnny Depp's not a film star, right? Say Johnny Depp is, is a is a a regular person, and and it emerges that in a in a in a relationship which I just say went south, went into an absolute terrible mess, and he's drinking and on drugs and in a terrible mess, and um, at that stage in a, a very damaging relationship, he hits his wife, and and as you know, not necessarily directly because of that one incident or whatever it is, they get divorced, and it emerges afterwards. Yeah, he hit his wife, and you would you would not use the fact that it was a toxic relationship to, and that she behaved badly to say, well, it was okay for him to hit her. It clearly isn't. But what you would say is, okay, well, we've seen that you weren't like that with anyone else. We can see that you are cl- you are in some sort of mess. You need to do two things. You need to address that behavior and you need to kind of, you know, put a stop to that. Recognize that what you did was wrong. You may need to make some sort of restitution and move on from that. And secondly, you need to address all the other aspects of your life where you are clearly in a fucking mess, mate, where you're on drink, you're on drugs, you've got personal problems, you're losing it, you don't seem to be the person that you were 20, 30 years ago, and you've got to kind of pull this up. It's almost like staging an intervention. Yeah. And you would say that if someone put their hands up to that and sorted themselves out, yeah, 
a couple of years down the line, you would say, all right, Johnny, where are you now? And he says, yeah, you know, I knowledge, I, you know, I could have acted differently. I could have walked away from that. I didn't. And I have to take responsibility for that. And I'm really sorry. I, I did wrong. And you've got to understand that when you're a man and you're physically stronger than a woman, there is like it or not, there is a difference. uh, And you can't just hit women. We all recognize that. I am very sorry. I could see a future where he, he gets past it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's it's obviously not right for him to behave the way he did. And no, as much as I dislike Amber Heard, and I think he's a bitch um, because she's got away with it and she's played the whole innocent damsel in distress um, yeah. and not owned up for any of her actions. This, I'm not. I'm not exonerating Johnny Depp for what he did. He um, he he obviously, like you said, needed to get himself sorted out. But uh, yeah, if this was just some normal guy on the street, he'd be like, "Look, mate, get off the drink, get off the drugs," you know. I'm not going to hold it against you that you lashed out or you hit your wife in that way. It's not right, and I don't want you to ever do it again. But I just want to see you get your life back on her because we know you're not that type of guy. And I think Johnny Depp is that guy as well. I think we've, as Benona Ryder and Vanessa Paradis have said, like he was never like that with us. They have, I mean, did Vanessa Paradis not have like two or three kids with him? Yeah, so, and the thing is, you know, he's, he's not that guy, but he's still acted like that guy, yeah, and he so, has to take responsibility for that. But I think there's a difference between that and someone who, you know, has. Um, you know, he's got three ex-partners who all had to call the police on him and two of them had to change their name and address. Do you know what I mean? You say, okay, well, there's that. You're on a spectrum. Do you know what I mean? But Johnny Depp hasn't had to do that, has he? That's what I mean. There's a oh, difference right, right, between right, Johnny There's yeah, a difference between Johnny that, Depp yeah. and some guy who is a, an absolutely terrifying, coercive, abusive um, person who all women should be frightened of. Do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, you don't say, well, he's not, just because he's not as bad as the worst person, you don't ignore or let him off for his behaviour. But just because he's committed some bad behaviour, you shouldn't treat him like he's like all people like they're the worst person who's ever lived either. Yeah, Do you know no. what I mean? It's a dangerous precedent that has been set by the sun as well, because the word, like we said, the word wife beater or the, the term wife beater, I suppose, means, you know, we bracket in with folk that are going to go to their ex's house at like four in the morning, you know, striving outside their window and just trying to intimidate them and stuff like that. Johnny Depp didn't try and do any of that. And neither did Amber Heard. I think it was a toxic relationship where they've been horrible to each other and it they should have ended it. 18 months before it happened and it should have, they should never have got married in the first place and hindsight's a wonderful thing but I think the precedent that yeah. it is, is that the the Sun newspaper have published that article because they're a bunch of cunts who are trying to sell articles and make money and they're trying to profit from the situation they can go and fuck themselves um, and it's also the precedent of the whole the whole especially in 2020 where we've had two or three years now of the hashtag me too movement and all this stuff where everyone speaks out in support of um, Amber Heard and you know how can J.K. Rowling be happy with Johnny Depp as uh, Gellert Grindelwald and stuff like that it's the precedent that says that not to take away from the people that have been victims of uh, Harvey Weinstein and you know the victims of Kevin Spacey and the victims of um, people like Louis C.K. and you know horrible slimy cunts like that yeah. but the Me Too movement was predominantly dominated by women barring the people that came forward like Teddy Cruz and Brendan Fraser, and obviously the people that spoke out against Kevin Spacey, but it has been particularly dominated by women. And the precedent that it sets is, is that people will listen to your Me Too story if it's if it's you know a woman that's been abused by a man. And that's important that we listen to those stories and we deal with them accordingly, and we try and get the person who's done those things in jail and to you know face the consequences of what they've done. But I don't like the precedent that this sets. Sorry, but I don't like the precedent that this sets, where that Johnny Depp gets a wife beater headline published on a national newspaper, and Amber Heard in this relationship was just as bad, drugging her husband, doing you know committing acts of violence against him. There's no headline about her, and she 
she basically gets off effectively scot free. There's no, there's not really dam- as much damage to her reputation unless you know about yeah. the, the kind of the particular details. But Johnny yeah. Depp had it on a public headline. I don't like the precedent that sets that Johnny Depp can be abused by his wife and, and there's fuck all repercussions. Amber Heard gets uh, domestically abused by her husband and there's a big fucking spread on the newspaper. And I, I suppose that's down to stardom as well. But yeah, I, I don't like the kind of example. yeah. Well, well that, that's the thing. I think there's an element of people speaking out under Me Too and people being supportive of those who speak out under Me Too, which requires a level of nuance. I think the involvement of the Sun newspaper in Rupert Murdoch and this doesn't require much nuance. So let's take care of that first. Rupert Murdoch is a cunt. He's a thunder cunt. He is an uber cunt. He is the ultimate demon cunt who is only still alive because the devil doesn't want that cunt down in hell with him. (laughs) The fact that Donald Trump is about to go out of office is going to finally reveal again who the worst person on this planet is, and that's Rupert fucking Murdoch. And the Sun newspaper, having set the agenda for this and all other kind of certainly British tabloids, is to have this horrible, fake, sanctimonious bullshit pretend moralistic attitudes to things like this, which just throw it out there, while at the same time employing people like Kelvin McKenzie and fucking, what's his cunt name, Richard Littlejohn, who do nothing but kind of argue for the, I'm a blokey bloke, fuck this PC women shit, every single day. And then yet when it suits them, will want someone to be thrown to the wolves on a piece of sanctimony over domestic violence. One of the perfect examples of this is how they used to go on about domestic violence while Rebecca Wade was leading the Sun, and she herself committed several acts of domestic violence against at least one of her partners. So the Sun and Rupert Murdoch can all fuck off. Now, having put that to one side, the whole Me Too thing... (laughs) You're not going to let that sit for a second. (laughs) That's just... Let's let's, everyone, let's take a breath and just say that. That's where we've done that one. So in terms of the Me Too movement itself, I mean, to put that in context... There are a lot of historic accusations out there that involve people who were not listened to, people who had their careers ruined, um, actresses like Mira, Mira Sorvino, Ashley Judd, people like that who um, you know, didn't let Harvey Weinstein just have his way and he destroyed their careers, men who've committed acts. And, and unfortunately, because of the nature of things, the majority of these acts have been committed by men, um, which is why that is what's discussed more than anything else. Um, and a lot of powerful men have abused their position to get away with that. That is all true. That is all fair. At the same time, each case needs to be taken on its merits. Now, Harvey Weinstein is a pretty clear-cut case. He has been convicted of rape, sexual assault, a number of offences, including sexual harassment. He's clearly a vicious bully who felt like he could uh, abuse his position to a, a completely depraved level, which I, I, I can't even, even understand. He owned a, 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 a film studio, was very rich, and had his own private jet. Surely women were coming to him. If all it was a case of he wanted to meet lots of beautiful women, he must have had women who prepared to sleep with him because he was rich and powerful. Yeah, I think it was and yet he, he, was a he needed to get off on, he needed to seem, yeah. seemingly get off on the power that he could yeah. wield over people okay. and abuse them. And he's clearly a disgusting human being. The thing with Kevin Spacey, I mean, in, in many ways is is clear cut because he's been accused of these things and he, he simply hasn't denied them and he's gone into hiding and said that he's committed some bad behavior and he might have been a bit drunk while he did it. And at the same time, he's never been convicted of an offense. And that's part of the problem with some of these things because a lot of these accusations come out and it it's completely fair to say that it's really hard to get a conviction in a lot of these cases anyway. If they took place years or even decades ago, it's going to be even harder and the women who've been treated like that have every right to speak out and every right to be supported when they speak out. It can be difficult when we say, okay, well, what, what, what do we do about that? What do we do about that when when it's clear cut? I get it. 
Um, you know, uh, it, it is weird though. I mean, not everyone can afford to just remove Kevin Spacey from the film, get a new actor and, and, and reshoot, yeah? yeah. Um, and some of his films have been made. Should we watch Seven anymore? Should we watch Usual Suspects anymore? Do all the people who were involved in those films and didn't do anything wrong need to lose out? And it's it's kind of like a case of in the in the environment in which Me Too is as high profile as it is, it's a good thing that people can speak out, but we still need to kind of uh, treat each case on its merits. Do you know what I mean? It would be very easy. To say, well, you know what? There has been years of this bad behaviour. So when someone speaks under me, uh, under me too, that you know it, the career should be over of the person accused. But you, you can't do that. Each 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 accusation, each case needs to be treated on its own merits because an accusation on its own, they might they might not have done it. That's what our whole legal system is based on. If someone gets yeah. accused of something, they might not have done what they've been accused of. So you have to look look into it. Secondly, some of the things that people have been accused of are not on the same level as Harvey Weinstein. Um, uh, was it um, Morgan Freeman has been accused of being a bit handsy and you know feeling the the knee of of a female co-stars and being creepy and making them feel uncomfortable. And he said, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't think that uh, – I didn't realize I was causing offense, and, and, and I'm sorry. And you think, okay, well, it's very disappointing to hear someone like Morgan Freeman, um, you know, be, be essentially uh, done for that. But it's not on the same level as Harvey Weinstein, and, and you wouldn't have a legal system where everyone from uh, a, a, a common assault up to murder gets the same sentence, do you? There is a different um, – there needs to be some sort of different treatment of each case on its own merits. Yeah, I agree with you know obviously with you know the blatantly obviously ones obvious ones sorry like Kevin Spacey he's he's a he's a wrong um, and Harvey Weinstein obviously was a bad person I mean I know he's not been convicted of anything yet but the fact that he's still dressing up as his character from House of Cards who is dead, yeah he's a fucking weirdo and he's got kidding on like oh you wouldn't believe it just because they said it happened he's guilty guilty based on those videos alone he's guilty he's horrible. Um, but things like Morgan Freeman feeling up a co-star is not right and he should know better and you'd hope that he's apologised to those that woman or those women. And But do I want the guy cancelled because of it? No, I don't. I look at him differently now. I still think that some of his films are brilliant and you know I'd hope he wouldn't do it again. Um, but it's one of those things where you've got to look at it case by case. There was a lot of venom, and I suppose understandably, because you know, you'd look at the the meeting movement, especially from people like Rose McGowan, who she was pretty much furious, and I think she still is furious that the entire thing, and that's fair enough because she said that Harvey Weinstein did these things, and she's you know, I think she just got a lot of pent up anger, but there was that sort of anger that was taken towards everyone. Yeah, yeah it's like Rose McGowan, by, by the sounds of it, has every right to be furious, not yeah. only for what happened to her, what was done to her by Harvey Weinstein and possibly others, but then the way she was treated. Um, afterwards because no one would believe her or, or address her. And that, um, that must be so traumatizing. And she's got every right to be angry. It's also very easy, though, to be very angry at, at, at a terrible person who's committed the worst offenses and then some residual anger to then be directed at another person who perhaps deserves some anger but slightly less anger, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It, I don't think we should be... <laughs> I don't think we should be taking 
the same anger and venom that we're taking towards Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and applying it to, and you know, your Louis C.K.'s and applying it to Morgan Freeman, personally. Well, Morgan yeah, Freeman was wrong Louis, to do yeah, Louis C.K. is another one where he's, again, he's fucking weirdo. And, and what, what he did is, is, you know, technically, you know, not even technically, is actually a criminal offence. Yep. And you've just got, you know, you've got to look at that and say there's something wrong there. Um, there are other ones where it's really difficult to, to to know what to do because Brian Singer, for example, has had lawsuits against him and accusations against him. Some of those cases have been dismissed. He denies any wrongdoing. There are other cases and, and that the accusations are mounting up. And at that point, you think, oh, well, this, this is obviously a problem. It would be it would be weird for a whole number of completely different people um, you know, independently of each other, to accuse him of the same thing, yeah? But you start getting to this stuff that normally makes me really uncomfortable. It says, I know smoke without fire. Um, you know, as a lot of people accused of, I mean, you can't be completely innocent, but that's not how you deal with these cases. And, and that's the bit that's really, really difficult, is that in, in any of these cases, if someone is accused publicly of doing something as, as horrible as what Brian Singh is accused of doing, I believe it in, includes rape. If, if he's been accused of that publicly... Um, I almost wish he. W- I almost hope he is guilty. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise, an innocent man's been accused of some fucking horrible things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and then you say, well, even if the case is dismissed, if the case is dismissed because of you know the statute of limitations or because an, a, a level of evidence required by a court hasn't been reached, it's it's actually unsatisfactory for everyone because someone who you know argues very strongly that they were attacked and and and, and abused um, has not had justice. And Brian Singer is frustrated because he's not really had his name cleared either. Uh, and at the, and right now you would say, well, Brian Singer has been accused of these things, there are a lot of accusations, which is clearly worrying. He's not actually been found guilty of any of them. Um, should I hire him to, to direct my next film? And the answer is probably no. Do you know what I mean? Probably yeah. don't want to hire him. Because, I mean, for example, some, someone's been accused of that and you don't know if he, he's guilty or not. Do you let him carry on working in a, in a, in a situation where people are potentially in harm's way if he is guilty. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's like, as, soon, as soon as it's open, it's opened up, you just think, well, this is fucking terrible now. I don't know what to do. And he, he, you know, It's almost like the situation, there are going to be people who are accused of things. Their name will never be wholly cleared, but it won't be for, for the range of problems that you get bringing a, a case to court. He'll never actually be fully convicted of something, and it's just going to hang over them like a bad smell without actually being fully resolved either way. Well, it's like the, the Chad Evans case. He was sent to prison for the rape of a woman. He went to prison for two and a half years, got out, um, and then made it his like, goal to clear his name so he could get signed up by a club. He did get his name cleared. He got the conviction quashed and things like that. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of discussion about it, and I don't want to get into the details about it, but for example, well, the example that you're trying to make is, is that, you know, do 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 we, you know, you know, because Chad Evans has obviously been accused, you know, he's been convicted of rape and now it's been quashed, but there's still kind of that aura about him, that kind of, mm, you know, I don't know about that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, obviously it, you, you can't, you know, you, you can't stand up and say, I don't care what the court says, I think he's guilty because you're clearly, you know, legally not correct in saying that. But at the same time, if you hear the facts of the case, his side of the story still doesn't cast him in a very good light. It's still a fucking sleazy way to, to live your life. Um, and Brian, you know, Brian Singer is kind of, I, I understand that he wasn't actually sacked from Bohemian Rhapsody because of the allegations. He was sacked from Bohemian Rhapsody because he was drunk and not turning up to set. Um, yeah. But he's been accused of a range of things. And you just think, well, if, if I was, if I was looking to, you know, to hire someone for my next film and, and they brought up the name of Brian Singer, I mean, I understand he's 
possibly going to get a, a gig somewhere, but I would be sitting there saying, I'm, I'm really sorry, but for the sake of the reputation of my company and everything else in this film, I'm not going to hire Brian Singh. And I'm really sorry, Brian, you'll say you're innocent, but you've been accused of all these things. Come back when you've cleared your name, mate. And that's just the way it's got to be. Thing is, the that whole discussion is, you know, is a dangerous one because you you don't want to tarnish someone with the brush, but also at the same time you've got to think about the reputation of the company, you've got to think about the safety of the staff on set. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's irrelevant, I suppose, because Brian Singer's not made a good fucking film in twenty four years, but um, he's only he's only made one good film, and I, I I'm starting to think that it was good because of the script that Christopher McQuarrie wrote. Yeah, yeah, he's not a very good director, and, but, but, yeah, but that's, 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 that's beside the point. He's, the point yeah, he's, he's an arsehole. Well, if he is, he's he's an arsehole. If he's done all those things, he's an arsehole. Yeah, um, and I, I, you just hope those things haven't happened. That's where it gets. That's where it gets dangerous because you want to, you don't want people to come forward and not have anything. You know, you know, you don't want someone who's been the victim of rape to not have their voice heard. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about, you know, false accusations, but I, I don't know how true the statistic is, but I've, I've read that it's, it's very minimal, the amount of statistics, the amount of false accusations that are, you know, women don't just come forward and say, this man raped me for the sake of doing yeah, it. Yeah, the, the, whole, the whole water's been really muddied on that, and we're getting outside of the of cancer culture a little bit, but there was this extremely flawed study in, in America, unsurprisingly that it was in America, um, and it was like a group of people in one town solely based around ac- accusations of sexual assault, possibly only taking place on one Air Force base near that town, where with a set of very flawed criteria, some supposed academic who should fucking know better um, came up with an inflated number of false accusations. And this statistic gets thrown around all the time in American courts. Did you know that 40% or something or 25% of, of rape accusations are knowingly false? And that's fucking bullshit. The, the, at the same time, though, um, the the problem you've got in it, just in a court case is that um, just because you believe that a woman is, is telling the truth and just because you would say it's very unlikely that a woman is going to maliciously come forward and, and make a false allegation, um, you still have the challenge of, of the, the presumption of innocence in a court case and the difficulty of presenting evidence in something like uh, a rape case where there are no witnesses. And it's, it's, you know, on, that, on that score, it's like, yeah, the rape, the rape conviction is really low because even if you believe the victim, you've then got to go and say, well, have you got any witnesses? Um, no. Okay. Well, what, what can we prove? And sometimes you just can't prove it, even if you're really sure it took place. And that's really tough and really horrible. And we've got to come up with ways to kind of make you know, that side of things better in, in the court case. Um, but the whole false accusations thing is, I mean, in terms of false accusations, to, in, in terms of cancel culture, the big case around that is, is, is Woody Allen. Oh, oh. Because, I mean, his, his, his reputation his reputation was harmed quite badly by the fact that he he was he was announced as um, marrying his stepdaughter. That's and wrong. That's the, wrong. The, 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 this is a weird one because oh. she te- she technically wasn't his stepdaughter, yeah. But if you are getting into the territory of if if you even have to say the words technically she's not my stepdaughter, you're already somewhere in the wrong, right? <laughs> it's, that is someone you should not be getting involved with, even though it wasn't illegal for him to to get involved with her. No. Um, the the other thing that has been accused of is is sexual abuse of one of his actual stepchildren. Um, and I always get this mixed up. There's two Pharaoh children. There's Ronan and is it Moses or Noah Pharaoh? And one of them. Um, the, the the problem with the Woody, one of the Woody Allen cases is that he's accused of 
um, sexually abusing one of his kids, and and the the the, uh, the the details of the case are horrendous. And his former stepson, Ronan Farrow, uh, Mia Farrow's son, and I, I'm not 100 percent on the the circumstances of of each of them. You know whether all of them are. Uh, which of these kids are Mia Farrow's biological children, adopted children? It doesn't matter. They're all her children. And one of them, Ronan Farrow, um, has been absolutely adamant, absolutely, you know, 100% certain, believes his sister was abused, has made these um, allegations public, has been, he's a journalist and he's been absolutely instrumental in Me Too and Time's Up. And you have to say that as a result of him campaigning as hard as he has, a lot of people have come forward who have been abused who have been treated very badly as a result of claiming they were abused and not being believed. And and you have to acknowledge that what he's done has brought an important issue to light. But it's only fair to say that one of um, Mia Farrow's other children has publicly um, uh, refuted all those allegations, saying that it couldn't have happened. There's been a discussion of it in, uh, in a New York court, which shows that it couldn't have happened. There was a lot of inconsistent evidence about some of the allegations. And he claims that when their divorce started to happen and uh, things were going, uh, going south in the relationship, that Mia Farrow took, and I'm only saying what he said happened, wanted to take revenge on Woody Allen and coached her children to accuse him of things. And you've got two brothers, and I tell you, I mean, I mean, Christmas and Thanksgiving must be tough in their house, but you've got two siblings arguing completely opposite things over over a case like this. And it's very sad that, that, that these children are obviously talk traumatized by what's happened to them. But at this stage, you have got a, a case that in at least one setting has gone to court and not found against Woody Allen. You've got one child who's adamant that it did happen and another child who's adamant that it didn't. Um but as far as the public's concerned, is that you know Woody Allen is on the same list as, as Harvey Weinstein and others as part of the Me Too, and you've got people who worked with them in films backtracking and saying, "Oh yeah, I wish I hadn't worked with him," and saying, "I shouldn't work," you know, he shouldn't he shouldn't work ever again. He shouldn't make any more films. The reality is, is that he's not actually been found guilty of what he's been accused of, and it's a pretty horrible thing to be accused of if he's not guilty. And I honestly don't know what to do about that because yeah. if someone's because. Speaking as a father myself, if would I want someone who'd been accused of that babysitting my kids, regardless of whether he'd been found guilty or not? I, I don't know. At the same time, would I want someone who'd been accused of that out of malice, which is what one person in this in this case is alleging, to have his life destroyed as a result of that accusation? I wouldn't want that either. And I honestly don't know what the right answer is with that. Because how do you deal with that? How do you decide tomorrow whether Woody Allen should should be allowed to direct a film for your company or whether whether you should sign up and work for Woody Allen tomorrow um when that when you when you read up on the case i don't i don't know what decision you could you could make that would be right yeah I, uh, i'm still undecided about how i feel about cancel culture because the it's not just a culture supposedly that exists with sexual assault and domestic abuse and that type of thing it's Everywhere you make an offensive joke, you're you know you make a joke that's not you know that isn't PC anymore. We get you know you get people comedians being berated and told to do this and do that, and then it t- ties into things like you know racism and the use of you know like when people digging digging up old tweets is a famous one. Like kids that were like fifteen, you know, saying like the white kids posting on their Twitter accounts the N word when they were fifteen. They're now twenty three, and people are digging up their old tweets saying oh, like that kid. Um, 
what's his name, Jack Maynard, he was on I'm a Celeb. As soon as he was on I'm a Celeb, people started digging up his old tweets. There was an old tweet where he'd used like offensive language. I'm, I'm not sure if it was racist, it might have been. And he, he basically left the I'm a Celebrity, the I'm a Celebrity jungle after about two minutes because someone dug up his old tweets. And I don't think that's right. I think we live in a very, this is not, I'm not, you know, conflating this with the same point of Woody Allen, but, and, you know, that entire culture, but, it does seem like there are people just out to get other people with this culture, and we people enjoy well, seeing people. Well, this is the thing; it's 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 like a lot of things. It's um, it's all it's all very well if as long as no one abuses it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all you know. If cancel culture was only ever used in in you know in in a, in a fair way and only ever used on people who thoroughly deserved it, yeah, fuck those people. They shouldn't make a film anymore. They shouldn't have a platform. They shouldn't be you know be allowed to walk around and uh, and act like they're the kings of the planet. Um, when they've behaved badly, but we all know that you can't guarantee when it's in the hands of literally anyone um, that it's going to be used fairly. That's why you have a justice system and don't leave it up to the townspeople with their pitchforks, right? Um, And it's very easy for a newspaper to create a headline um, with whatever they can dig up. And, you know, Mr. Cunt Murdoch is the king of that um, because it creates a fuss. It creates a fuss and people click on the article or buy the you know, people still buy newspapers. And that's all they want to do. They have no morals about what they accuse people of. And, yeah, if, and the repercussions if it, that come with And it. if it turns out that things weren't as bad as they thought they were, they'll fucking publish, oh, um, Jack Maynard talks about how he feels like he's been treated really unfairly by the press and they'll put him on the front page as the victim. All they want to do is kind of create a click and kind of follow up the fuss. And We've also, I've also heard of examples where the alt right or Russian bots can use cancel culture to, um, uh, you know, they'll do anything they can to try and discredit anyone they see as too woke or too liberal. So, I mean, it's like it's like any of these things. It's like um, uh, it's punishing a punishing a criminal by burning their house down when they live in a terrorist house. Do you know what I mean? You are likely to injure people who had nothing to do with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think it's cancel culture is such a broad spectrum it's such a broad thing i think in some circumstances it's okay and i think it needs to be there for example harvey weinstein should never be allowed to operate in a film studio again same with kevin spacey the same way uh, adam johnson should never be allowed to play for a football team ever ever again um he's he's committed he's committed a criminal offense against a child there there are far more i mean here's a couple of tricky ones for you and it'd be interesting to see what you think about that james franco what, did what do you do? think should happen to James Franco? He's he been do? accused of one of the things that he was accused of is really weird that he was involved in a nude scene and he's supposed to wear in in my mind I'm visualizing like a cricket box or like a jock strap right that kind of covers him up um so that no one's t- actually touching anyone in the scene right and I think he was accused of taking his off and perving on the fact that he was like you know completely mm. naked with his co-star um, and yet he's, I'm not even sure if he's, you know, uh, you know, admitted those accusations. He's certainly not been taken to court or anything. And, uh, but he's been accused by five women of inappropriate or sexually exploitative behavior. Um, well, if, if it's true, he's a creep and he shouldn't, he shouldn't be allowed to do those things. Um, it's, it's such a weird thing because cancel culture, um, it's it's basically there to take people's livelihoods away from them, and where where do you draw the line? Because while James Franco has obviously caused harm there, and those women will be emotionally affected by that, there are people that you know. For example, cancelling Morgan Freeman for touching up a co-star's knee does that mean if if Morgan Freeman is a normal guy who 
say he wasn't a film star, he was just a guy who, you know, worked in an office, who did a nine to five job and not in the workplace, just say out, outside of work. He made an advance on a woman in a nightclub and she didn't like that and she felt uncomfortable. Should he therefore be sacked from his no, job and not have HR, a livelihood? HR would make him go on a course. I would say you need to understand that that might have been accepted. You know, that might have been accepted by people in the old days. It actually wasn't acceptable and shouldn't have happened. It certainly shouldn't happen now. Um, uh, you need to kind of not do that. And and probably being being shown what he did wrong may well be enough to kind of reform him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the James Franco thing, if he's he's been accused of taking off his kind of cover thing for a nude scene and being taken off the woman's cover one or the other but i mean the 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 thing with that is that first of all it needs to be kind of you know if that's unproven what what, you know it's again this is this is where it's tricky i wouldn't be comfortable if james franco was directing a film and you know hiring women on the basis of whether they'll be prepared to star in a nude scene and he's the director and producer of the film right um at the yeah. same time, he hasn't admitted wrongdoing. He doesn't. He says he hasn't done it. We don't have a firm verdict on whether it's happened. So it's it's one of these things where you thought you know, it it, it it's really hard. The other one I think that's really hard is, is Aziz Ansari. Do you, do you know this case? Uh, what did he do? The guy from Parks and Rec? Yeah. So th- this is one where it, it's this is possibly one where people were. I mean, f- f- for for all I know, the woman who who made the accusation uh, is sincere in telling the truth. Yeah, and this is how she saw the evening. Um, but it's one that was seized upon by the kind of alt right and Russian bot trolls who pollute the internet. Um, to kind of try and bring down someone off their pedestal because he 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 identifies as a feminist and he or at least as a feminist ally. I mean, whether you're a, can you be a feminist if you're not a woman, whatever. But he sees himself someone who's on the side of of women and, and women who have been treated badly in relationships and stuff. And they thought, well, we're going to get you, mate. And they found this, you know, this, this accusation and this woman on Twitter. Um, anonymously, and I completely understand why she posted it anonymously because this is a really awkward and difficult thing and he's richer and more powerful than she is, basically said that she went on a date, it was a horrible date, he was really kind of pushy all the time, took her back to to his place and, you know, they chatted and she didn't say that she was coerced or that it was wrong, but she just felt he was so pushy and so kind of determined to have sex with her that night that she found it a really bad experience and it felt like it was in the borderline of of harassment, the way he treated her. Right. And as with all these things, some people have, 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 have interpreted that as, you know, what he did was an assault and, and that should be the end of him forever. Other people have said, that's a bad date. I'm not sure exactly where I'll land on that because I wasn't there. And Aziz Ansari came out and said, look, my recollection of that is not like that. I didn't, I, you know, I thought it was a, a date that, you know, it did, didn't go as badly as that. I'm, I'm horrified that, that someone had such a bad experience and I'm going to have a think about that behavior. So while not denying it, it, again, it's one of those ones where you can say, with with no witnesses, you don't know where it's going to land. He's had his his good name kind of um, uh, muddied by this, and he's kind of probably acted the way any human being would just say, did, I'm really sorry that, that 
you know, it's kind of it sounds like a non-apology, but he 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 didn't look, he didn't remember it the same way that she did. But he was horrified to think that he could have made someone feel that way. So what do you do with that? What do you do with someone who's kind of, you know, gone? I, I think I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, because I, because I wasn't there, I don't know one hundred percent how how to define it without necessarily doing someone a disservice. But what what do you do with that? If you look at it as a, a kind of case by case thing, like we've said, you look at Harvey Weinstein, prick. You look at you know James Franco. You have got to look at the particulars. If he did those things and has you know taken off and been creepy and you know sexually assaulted five co stars, and that's proven to be true, he's a prick. If Aziz Ansari's gone on a date with a woman and he she's felt he's been a bit pushy and she's almost been coerced into was did she feel like she was coerced into having sex with him? I would need to go back and read the, the, the tweets, but I think it was a case of you could interpret that as saying that there's this, especially in America, there's this culture of if you want to get anywhere with a woman, you've got to be confident, you've got to you've got to be assertive, you've got to kind of if you sit back, don't be a beater. Do you know what I mean? Don't be like a beater cut. You've actually got to tell the woman you're interested and tell her that you that you um you know that you know take the initiative and. Uh, I think we we would all be more comfortable with the traditional British way of getting together with someone where after five months of, you know, of the rest of everyone who knows you've been fucking sick of the sight, if you're not doing anything about it, you both have a couple of drinks, sort it out, and everyone's happy afterwards, you know, because all of this assertiveness can get you into hot water. See, if this... And, and I, I just, you, you would you would probably say, in on the balance of evidence, you would say, I bet Aziz Ansari never does that again when he goes on a date. Yeah, I think with... I think with Aziz Ansari, if the case feels, if she feels like he's been a bit pushy and she's kind of felt pressure into having sex with him and she said no and he kind of still kept going, then I think he's a bit of a prick and I don't think that's right and I think he should be held accountable for it. I don't, I don't think that's what was alleged. Okay, well, if she, if she didn't alleged. say no and she, but she didn't feel comfortable to say no, then again, that is not entirely on... Aziz Ansari, maybe he should have recognised that the, um, you know, he should have read the room a little bit, but if she's said no, firmly said no, and he's still gone ahead with her, but she's not said no at all, then it's it's a very grey area. If she's, if, I think with this one, I think he has had a think, if he's had a think about it and he doesn't do it again, then he's learned his lesson. And he says he seems he does seem horrified that it's a, been a horrible day and she wasn't comfortable with it. But the problem I have is that it, you know, the things are so it, we live in such a cancer culture, snowflakes society. That sounds very alt right to me, and I'm not. But we live in a society where it's all done on fucking Twitter. You know, you didn't you didn't speak you didn't send Aziz Ansari a text a couple of days later saying, "Look, I wasn't happy with that," but you had the confidence still in like three years later to go on Twitter and fucking tweet about it. I don't fucking like shit like that. If you felt like Aziz Ansari was being a prick, you and but you felt a bit shit for a couple of days, but you still had the confidence to go on Twitter and basically say, "Look, look at this! This guy was a fucking dickhead." It's like, well, you're doing that to just damage someone's reputation. There, if there's genuine, like, if there's substantial claims and someone is like a genuine asshole, like I don't think Aziz Ansari is a genuine asshole. If he's acting like a prick, then he's acting like a prick there. But I do think James Franco's a bit creepy. Harvey Weinstein's an asshole. People like Louis C.K. that the dickheads, Woody Allen, I don't kind of creeps me a little bit. And there's if there's claims there and it's it's proven to be true, those guys are dickheads. But to tweet about it, fucking four years or I don't know how long after the thing happened, just because there's a movement going on, rather than speaking to the person directly and saying, "Look, I wasn't happy with that," 
you know, don't behave like that and things like that, and you and you're still not happy with their, you know, the reaction to it, and then you go publicly on Twitter, then maybe, but to just fucking go on Twitter and say today I'm going to ruin Aziz Ansari's career, it's like what the fuck are you doing? Fucking speak to them directly, do things properly, don't go on social media, don't make a fucking YouTube video about it, fucking do it properly, speak to the relevant people, speak to the relevant authorities if you have to. Yeah, and I think I think there's a case of what happens tomorrow is you know. In the, you know, the, or the next time people are on a film set, or the next time a, 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 a man with money, wealth, and fame is interested in a woman, you're expecting that the fact that all these issues have been raised, and the fact that I think over the past few years, you know, I think we are trying to kind of disinfect this kind of bullshit macho culture. Do you know what I mean? And say, look, uh, two people, you know, two people should probably be all right. If everyone, if everyone just follows the, the the basic principle of don't be an asshole. Do you know what I mean? And and a, and a greater awareness nowadays of how someone's behavior might affect someone else and a greater awareness of some of these issues. You would hope that going forward, you're not going to have as many of these kinds of problems. There's already things like having intimacy coordinator, in, sorry, intimacy coordinators on, on films to make sure that all of these things are handled properly. And I think anyone who was to feel like they were being treated inappropriately today could put their hand up. Do you know what I mean? Because the fact is any normal person in a normal job, if they behave inappropriately, there's a very good chance they're going to be hauled into CHR. And I think there's far more of that now in, in, the, in the film industry after many years of it being terrible. The problem that you've got, and I don't think we're going to solve the problem today, is that it's really hard to address things that happened in, in the past, although they, they do need to be addressed if, if people have you know harmed other people. Um, the problem with cancel culture is that it's a very, very blunt instrument. You're either on this, you know, you either haven't done anything, and and you can carry on, or you've been identified as someone in Me Too, and and therefore you are, um, you know, and it's probably not fair for even people who have actually done some wrong to be mentioned in exactly the same breath as Harvey Weinstein, which is this, which is the same as someone who's, you know, been given, you know, six months in jail for punching someone, it shouldn't probably be mentioned in the same breath as Ted Bundy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, both, both those people have done wrong, but I think we need to kind of treat these things on, on their merits, which is probably where we where we came in on this. Yeah, well, I've I've, I've just read a little bit about the uh, Ansari thing, and basically, it was an article was published under the pseudonym of Grace on an article in an article on Babenet or something. Yeah, yeah, and then in the article, she the woman later texted Ansari expressing discomfort, and he replied to her with an apology. So she's gotten down the relevant channels and said to him, "You know, this didn't this made me feel uncomfortable. I didn't like this." This was incorrect. He's then apologised, and she still felt compelled to publish an article online. Now, there, I, I would like, I'd be interested to see the motivations of publishing the article because I think if you're wanting to make people aware of this, it's because you feel like they're a threat and they're a danger to society. And I feel like that was the whole purpose of the Me Too movement: people speaking up against these people who got away with it for so long. For example, Harvey Weinstein. I do not think Aziz Ansari is in the same bracket of Harvey Weinstein and shouldn't be put on this sort of, you know. Not a witch hunt, but you know the you know a focal point of the Me Too movement because I think I think it should have been a movement where people talk up, talk up to get these people put away and stop them being in positions of privilege. And I don't think Aziz Ansari is that type of guy. Um, so that yeah, that one's really fucking annoyed me. But not, not I, I, I think I think the the, the the there's not a lot else you can do other than say if you believe in Me Too and you believe in equality and you believe in people being treated right and women not being used as commodities and harmed by powerful men and you believe in all of those things, which I 100% do, um, then you pr- 
as you know, as hard as it is, and as, as understandable as it is, to be really angry, and I want to take that anger out on anyone who's who's um, you know fallen short, um, the same as someone who's you know actively acted in a bad way. It's just one of those things. You know what? It, it's harder to be the good guys, isn't it? It's harder to be. It's harder to be the 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 um, the, the angels on the side of the angels because you have to act with restraint. It's very easy for someone who's an arsehole to to act in a, a toxic and horrible way and and throw mud and make people um, you know make it impossible for anyone to get to the truth. You believe in in me too, so you should. You believe in in uh, bringing people who've committed historical sexual offences to to, um, to justice, so you should. Uh, as as someone who's on the side of the angels, you, you know you just call on those people to try really hard to to live up to the you know to to the to higher standards and say we should not lose our sense of proportion and we should treat each each case on merit because you should try and be you know imagine imagine you're a judge or a jury in a case you should walk into it and say look I should try and be fair here do you know what I mean I'm not going to let someone off for doing something bad absolutely not but I should at least just try and consider each case on its own merits otherwise you're just playing into the hands of unscrupulous tabloid news outlets and uh you know evil trolls in the pay of vladimir putin to just throw people on the fire for the sake of five minutes of of uh, satisfying your anger do you know what i mean yeah um i think uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really trying to express in a way that says i'm not taking the side of these fucking men's rights alt-right assholes who try and make out that this is to why you know everything is wrong with, with feminism equality what's the what's the what's the opposite of feminism and equality i'm not on that side do you know what i mean it's like being on the side of satan rather than god do you know what i mean to be done properly and in a proper way and yeah. i think if you're talking about the Anzari thing in a discussion about gray areas about consent yes but you've name dropped him just because you're trying to name drop him to get him in shit because of a me too movement if you want to say yeah. i had a date with a guy i didn't feel comfortable about it he apologized to me after it I, and you know i texted him saying i wasn't happy with it and after it, he texted me saying, look, I'm sorry, I didn't see it that way, and I'm really horrified that it's happened what, that way. And you've, what, still chosen to publish an, you've still chosen to publish an article basically name-dropping the guy, which is... What, 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 look, what, what, I, that's why I said we should try and separate people who are arguing on behalf of me too and are justifiably angry and, and how they might want to do that while treating each case on its merits. The other side of, of this that I you know that we should treat separately is it's really easy for the media to just print something. Do you know what I mean? And then say, oh, afterwards to say, oh, well, that's not the whole story. Here's the other side of the story. Because all they want is clicks. All they want is eyeballs. Um, what they could have done was, why don't we try and set up some sort of safe conversation between the people that were involved in this and say, well, look, you know, I understand that you texted afterwards and you said you were sorry. Talk to each other about how that was, or or share how that 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 ha- has shaped the two of you since then. Um, mm-hmm. if, if if it's if it's possible that they could meet and discuss it, and and maybe everyone would actually be better off as a result and have a more informative and enlightening discussion. But that takes more time and probably isn't going to get as many clicks. Yeah. So that's that, that's that's the media, and I think it's like I say, we're talking about not tarring everyone with the same brush. We should not tar the media and people who are just trying to exploit this with the same brush as people who are campaigning because they believe wrongdoing is is getting away, you know, is is happening. I think that you know, you, you talk to the people who are rightfully arguing against wrongdoing and saying, look, I I understand where you're coming from, um, and all you would say is let's try and treat each case on its own merits. To the media that are just treating this the way they treat everything else, you just say fuck off. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm not for one. You know, disputing the things that have. You know, we've we've tried to set up a discussion here, and you know, I'm not disputing that things that have happened that may have made people feel uncomfortable. But I also, while there is a cancel culture going on, I do feel like you know, if things require that sense of gravity for it to be in the public eye, fair enough, then do it. Um, but with cases like Aziz Ansari, you know, I'm not sympathising with the guy. If he's been an arsehole, he's been an arsehole, but saying that he's apologised and he's thought about it hard and then publishing an article about it to just get clicks is, uh, that's the way it seems to me. Not to say that you're yeah. not mostly affected by it, but there's just, there's a way of doing things and I feel like we're in this culture where everything has to be one way. We can't have any, you know, we can't have any, you know, discussion about it. It's like, this person did this and it's like, we're going to take the same venom that we have towards fucking Woody Allen and we're going to apply it to fucking Aziz Ansari. It's like, you've got to do things. Yeah. And the same it's the same aggression that we have to Johnny Depp. It's not the same aggression that we apply to Amber Heard. Yeah, it's like, it's like locking, it would be like locking up a shoplifter in a, in a max security prison for the criminally insane yeah. surely you don't apply the same punishment or restitution yeah or doesn't make it okay. intervention in that behavior to, to the same degree you treat like, like i say you, you you just have to have a sense of proportion about these things i think as far as as far as cancer culture goes it's very easy for us to say how we'd like things to be i, I don't think you know you know, we, we can only hope that, you know, that all of this high profile discussion has made it less likely that such things will happen again in future. And, uh, you know, generally the film industry and the, you know, the media industry will be a, a, a safer place for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, in terms of cancel culture, I don't know, social media continues to roll on like a juggernaut. I don't know quite what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we've kind of covered it well there. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's something that needs to be, I think it needs to be done properly. I think if someone makes an offensive joke, they should be, you know, given a fucking criminal record and, yeah. you know, you know, given a fucking fine for making an offensive joke. I think there's a way of doing things and, you know, it, yeah. cancel Harvey Weinstein, sure. Deal with people like Morgan Freeman and Aziz Ansari accordingly. Because yeah. I think that's you, you right. can't put them in the same. It's like, it's, like, it's like trying to make a Venn diagram. It's like having Aziz Ansari on one side Harvey Weinstein the other and saying in the middle, rapist, you know what I mean? I don't, I, yeah. If they've been horrible, they've been horrible. They can't just tar, tar everyone with the same brush because that's just dangerous. Yeah, I agree. That's all for this month's episode of Double Reel. Thanks for listening and for making it all the way to the end. Thanks also to my co-host, James Adamson. The podcast was edited and mixed with the help of Audacity, Anchor FM and Zencaster. As usual, anything that sounded good was down to them and anything that sounded crap was down to us. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. Tross of Iron is widely available on Blu-ray if you like to own your films on a disc, although it's much cheaper to buy digitally on Amazon. For more information on the various screen versions of Conan the Barbarian, there's an excellent fan wiki on conan.fandom.com and an extensive podcast series covering all aspects of the character stories and media called Chromecast. So this is me, James Adamson, signing off, and... This is me, James Adamson, signing off. Your next podcast episode will be our regular episode 10 uh, next month. Keep an eye on the socials for any bonus or special episodes we decide to do in the future. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Until then, stay safe, watch lots of films, and may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on social media. And it's been 226,032 hours since Hans Zimmer last one Oscar and I think he might be due another one. His speech is okay. Still weird that it won Best Picture. Is it? I thought yeah. it was a wonderful film. Yeah, it won Best Picture ahead of Inception. Yeah. Yeah, go fuck Tom. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I thought I thought we had a bit of a mental block there. 